0: Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, HealthLock.com. Go there today. If you own a vehicle
1: with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. That Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House and we don't have an ability to ensure that there is a oomph behind the agenda and energy behind our oversight, that the committee assignments don't mean that much anyway.
2: We had a deal that was not a selfish deal in any way for Kevin McCarthy to get him the gavel on the first ballot and he
3: eagerly dismissed us
4: i will always fight to put the american people first not a few individuals that want something for themselves
3: freedom is back in
4: style
1: welcome to the revolution yeah
0: we're coming
5: to your city gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song to the new Sean Hannity
6: Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more
1: bold, inspired solutions for America.
0: All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Hour 2-800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, so we're still at a stalemate in Congress, our top story. And what will break the tie? I don't know. Um, my sources are telling me there's a lot of chatter talking going on behind closed doors um and you know but the result pretty much remains the same i thought a particularly powerful speech in favor of mccarthy uh yesterday was delivered by uh congressman uh warren uh, davidson now he is with ohio's eighth district and uh let me play it's a little longer than usual a, a pretty long clip of what he said because i thought it was pretty powerful
6: Following the election, Kevin McCarthy engaged in that negotiation. He led the conference to adopt substantive reforms that will make our majority more effective. Let me list some of them. Andrew Clyde's proposal to restore public access to the Capitol. Lauren Boebert's proposal to reduce the linkage between the NRCC and the steering committee process. Gary Palmer's proposal to cap spending on suspension bills. Ralph Norman's proposal to limit leadership reports and make conference more about engaging all members. Chip Roy's proposal to provide a five day notice for suspension votes, Dan Bishop's proposal in privileged rev- resolutions, Scott Perry's proposal for additional conference meetings ahead of key votes, Bob Good's proposal on standalone appropriations bills, Andy Biggs' proposal limiting suspension waivers from committees, Chip Roy's proposal to make co amendment, sponsored amendments in order. Affirm 72-hour publication of bills before calling for a recorded vote. An end to proxy voting. An end to remote participation in committee work by members of Congress. The Holman Rule. An end to the Gephardt Rule. Cut-go instead of pay-go. An end to unblock suspension votes. A major reform worked out with Morgan Griffin, what we hope to call the Griffin Rule, on single subject bills subject to germaneness, germaneness points of order, and amendment diverse viewpoints on every committee. Lastly, a church-style commission was added to the Judiciary Committee focused on the abuses our own big government has unjustly collaborated with big business and big tech to to silence, persecute, or even prosecute our fellow citizens.
0: All right, joining us now is the Congressman you just heard, Congressman Warren Davidson. He's with Ohio's 8th District. Uh, How are you, sir?
3: it's an honor to join you today thank you
0: um i imagine at some point i'm not in the panic state that some people are in i imagine at some point there's got to be a breakthrough i don't know what that's going to be I, my sources have been telling me there are conversations substantive ones going on behind the scenes likely won't impact today at all uh what do you see what do you hear
3: uh there's definitely reason for hope uh you know there we don't have everything done <laughs> yet so we don't want to by
0: the this. way there's reason for hope oh okay well i'm not going to jump off the ledge thanks for telling me i would <laughs> hope there's there's reason for hope
3: yeah so uh obviously eventually we're going to get a speaker but um we think we're going to get a deal with uh that'll honor the requests of the majority of the conference that kevin becomes speaker but also uh, satisfy a lot of the concerns that gave us our majority, the base voters out there that are energized and, frankly, rooting on a lot of these 20 people who say, yeah, we have to change the status quo in Washington. And frankly, that's broadly popular across the conference. I just think the average person watching is, isn't this supposed to have happened behind closed doors and before January 3rd? And I guess the point I tried to make in the speech, an awful lot of it has already happened. And at some point, we have to come together and we have to agree on how we're going to govern this place.
0: Well, I would hope it's sooner than later. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the program that even today, there were more uh, concessions made overnight. One member, there was the five-member threshold needed to force uh, a motion to vacate. Kevin McCarthy agreed now that one member can now force the vote on ousting him if he doesn't keep his promises. Um, I know the Freedom Caucus, a majority are voting for Kevin McCarthy already, of which you're a part of, uh, but more Freedom House Caucus members are put on the rules committee. That was also a new concession. Uh, he's pledged to hold votes on term limits and border security bills, which was inevitable anyway. Uh, but more importantly, he also agreed to major changes to the appropriations process to prevent any omnibus bill. And he did it by allowing floor amendments to be offered by any lawmaker in the caucus that wants to make it, which I think is really more freedom than any Congress has ever
5: had.
3: Yeah, it certainly brings back a lot of the things that uh, have been absent from Congress for a long time. There hasn't been an open amendment uh, on the floor of the House since I got here uh, in June of 2016. That ended in May of 2016. So uh, there are. There are. Uh, that's not carte blanche. Uh, I think in terms of the negotiation with where we're at, but it is with respect to omnibus bills. So there are a lot of there are a lot of reforms that, at the end of the day, will make uh, this place a better uh, majority. It'll make it more representative uh, of the people that sent us here to do the work. But we do have to get after it and get on offense and start doing the things we promised the American people we would do.
0: Well, I think that's very key and very important. What about this report today that you think that maybe that Republicans will go in another direction at some point?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's been pressure on Kevin to to uh, from moderates to cut a deal with Democrats. They're saying, look, you, you can't get to yes with these guys. Just cut a deal with Democrats. And Kevin, to his credit, has not cut a deal with Democrats. He said, no, we elected a Republican majority. We need to have a a Republican speaker and a Republican set of rules and a Republican way to govern this conference. And that has been key to Kevin holding the support that he has and uh, Kevin's support hasn't been eroded. And while it isn't showing in the votes, there is movement uh, towards a negotiation that will uh, hopefully deliver the votes. And at some point, if you can't get the votes, then we really are in a quandary to say, how do you reward 9% of the conference uh... with uh... by moving on to the to the next option and uh... and i think inherently that is going to weaken some of the lens that we have gotten on reforms because you make different concessions to the moderates in
0: the conference i tend to agree with you one option that i know is being talked about is this idea which i think is nutty and insane and won't work uh... is to just lower the threshold to a simple majority i, I frankly think there might be five Republicans that are dumb enough to vote present or not vote at all, which would make Hakeem Jeffries the speaker. That can happen.
3: Yeah, no, I think that's where, you know, people realize that that would be essentially at this point, the person who's got the most votes so far is Hakeem Jeffries. So anyone that made that motion or voted for it, if it were made, would essentially be saying, let's elect Hakeem Jeffries uh, Speaker of the House. Uh, That would be a horrendous outcome low probability but incredibly high risk and that shows the stakes here i mean you can't uh, play with fire without some risk you get burnt and uh, i think we really do need to wrap this up and uh, get to yes uh, I, I do hope that we uh, land on some things that substantively make this place better and more functional and frankly shame on us if it's taken this kind of effort to get to what really is in the best interest of the american people
0: to me all of this is pretty much in cement In other words, he's already agreed to the investigations that everybody wants. I won't repeat him again. Uh, He already put forward his commitments to America, and it is the America First agenda that I know 99% of my audience supports. So in that sense, I don't see any wiggle room for him to go rogue. And if he does go rogue, you still have the motion to vacate that can be triggered by any one individual member. Um, And by the way, if he did, in fact, not keep his promises, I'll be the first person to join in on saying he has to go.
3: Yeah, there's a large chorus that say, look, it's a fragile majority. I get it, but you got to do what we said we would do. And it is tough. I think a lot of people are concerned because we really didn't, you know, if you look at why worry about immigration. Well, because when Paul Ryan was speaker, conservatives had to block the farm bill to even get a vote on uh, immigration. And I think in some ways Kevin's paying a price for the sins of the past, and uh, a lot of fear, and, and so he's made these commitments, and I think that's enough for a lot of us, but the, the, you know, there, there are people that are saying, well, how do we document that? How do we cement it? And uh, that's where this idea that you can restore the motion to vacate the chair gained so much importance for a lot of people.
0: Let me ask this question, because I don't think, for example, a lot of people have brought up Jim Jordan's name. I've, I've talked to Jim Jordan every day this week. Jim Jordan is not going to ever put his hat in to be speaker. He wants he wants to run the investigation on judiciary, and he will do a great job at that. And I don't think there's anybody better, just like Jim Comer, I think, will run a great investigation on the Oversight Committee and all these other investigations will take place. The commitments to America are what they are. Any any deviation from that is going to be met with fierce resistance, including from me and so i guess the question is I, can we think of a name a consensus person that could get to 218 because i don't even think jim jordan could i really don't in this environment
3: no he would he would have problems from the from the more moderate end of the spectrum and i've talked to a couple of those folks uh, and you know they they will agree they have a lot a lot of respect for uh, Jim Jordan they recognize his capabilities they're like yeah I get elected in a district Biden won and my first vote's for Jim Jordan he's like I'm dead you know and so uh, you know you kind of get that from from some of the more moderate perspective I do think Jim Jordan would be an incredible speaker of the House I hope he's the next speaker of the House after Kevin McCarthy. But uh, I do think he will be an incredible talent on uh, judiciary. I know that's what he wants to do. People say, uh, what would it take to support Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House? Well, first and foremost, Jim Jordan supporting Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. So right now, that's not something he wants. Uh, You know, there's talk if Kevin somehow can't get the votes. Uh, You know, in a way, in some ways, this is kind of like a a nomination. I remember when a lot of us on the conservative end were hoping Justice Bork would become, you know, Judge Bork would become Justice Bork, and he couldn't get through the confirmation process. And, uh, well, he didn't have the votes. And at some point, you will look at it and say, well, there may come a point where Kevin uh, doesn't have the votes. There's no path to get there. And uh, a lot of the conference really will be upset. There'll probably be a, a toll exacted on those who prevented that from happening if that ever did get to that point uh, but we eventually have to land on somebody and uh, and so maybe that's Scalise with some other of the same kinds of reforms maybe that's Kevin Hearns the name that was floated uh, most recently was um, that
0: I, but I don't, I don't see any of them getting to 218 at some point here there's there's got to be a, a coming together and it you know Matt Gates actually used a phrase that I think is interesting and he said Kevin may very well become speaker, but he's going to be in a straight jacket. Uh, based on all the concessions he's made, he's already in a straight jacket.
3: Yeah, and I think that's why no one else is is grappling to get the job. You know?
0: uh, <laughs> By the way, you'd have to be an idiot to want that job at this point.
3: Look, I was uh, I was an Army Ranger. I had businesses. I've served on nonprofit boards. Uh, I've been involved in all kinds of leadership stuff over the years. There is no crazier leadership challenge than being the Speaker of the House, uh, at least for Republicans. I don't know. I hear the Democrats kind of like being godfather. It's they'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Right? I understand. I'll be voting for Hakeem Jeffries. Um, but, uh, you know, Republicans, we have this collaborative process. It's pretty freewheeling. Uh, this is kind of, in a way, what it's like behind closed doors, and now the public's getting to see it. It doesn't have to be a bad thing, but we do need to get on and, uh, and start governing.
0: I agree with that statement completely. I'm not at the point where I'm saying this is insane. Uh, but I think a lot of people's patience is wearing thin. And I think you're right. This should have all been resolved before the third. But we can't go backwards. we got to look forward. And there's too much important work to be done. And I know eventually we'll get there. But it's a matter of when and how. And I'm not sure. I can't predict today how that all goes. Anyway, I thought you did a great job yesterday, Congressman. Uh you know my buddy Bill Cunningham out there?
3: Absolutely. It was just on a show Wednesday. He's a great American, as he likes to say, and we all appreciate him for being right, on. Tell
0: me what you think of my invitation. Sean Hannity, you're a great American. God bless you. God bless America. I want a full report.
3: <laughs> pretty accurate. Uh, pretty accurate. And uh, it'd be great to sit down and uh, break bread with the two of you sometime. Uh, uh, he's
0: a, He is more fun than any hum- one human being in the world. He's awesome. Anyway, appreciate it, Congressman. uh, Keep us in the loop if anything breaks, okay?
3: Yeah, same here. Thank you for your work, Sean. God bless you and your listeners.
0: You too, buddy. Uh, 800-941-SEAN is our number.
7: We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, We're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Oh, okay that's mine let's unpack that listen to on purpose with jay shetty on the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts
0: all right as we roll along sean hannity show 800 941 sean if you want to be a part of the program uh let us say hi to chris's in boston what's up chris how are you hey i'm doing well sean how are you oh good my friend what's happening Great. Thanks for having me on.
8: Um, well, I just want to, first of all, great, great show. I love the last conversation that was had. And, you know, I watched the interview last night with um, uh, Representative Bogard, And I just on this whole McCarthy election process, I, I kind of want to take the other side of the argument just to sort of play devil's advocate. And, you know, but caveat that by saying I agree wholeheartedly with you, as probably most of your listeners, that I'd like to get beyond this. And, and frankly, all of this should have been done way before this, you know, where we are at this point in time. However, I'm concerned that we throw out the proverbial baby with the bathwater from a procedural standpoint. And that, and by that, I mean, uh, you know, just as much as we want to allow everyone to have their vote count, whether that's for any elected office, presidential election, so forth, we should afford the same right to, whether it's uh, Boebert or any of the five or six that remain kind of stalwarts on this thing, unless the process work itself out.
0: Um, well, I think we're given enough that. time. I think they've been given enough assurances now, and they the agenda's locked in cement, and they have their safety valve. I'll give you the last 15 seconds.
8: I absolutely agree with that. However, what I, I think we should do is put pressure not so much on them, but their constituents. Like, like i, I got to believe that Bobert's constituents feel very similar to us, and I think it's incumbent of them to put pressure on her to say, listen, get over this thing. Let's move this thing forward. Yeah. You're, you're hurting the country.
0: All right, my friend, appreciate the call. When we come back, we'll check in with Congressman Burgess Owens of Utah. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SHAWN. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll play uh, Joyless Behar in her, uh, the latest dumb statement, this time on Tackle Football. Um, first, I want to remind you, you might not know about home title theft. It's horrendous. It's real. It's everywhere. And criminals around the world are targeting American homeowners, which is why I have home title lock. And you really need to think about this because it's real. Now, in other words, you have your home. You own it. You have the title. That's the document that proves you own your home. It's found easily online. And these thieves simply forge your signature on a legal document. And they claim that you sold your home to them. And then they take out loans on your home and, and disappear and in all likelihood, you're not going to find out until a late payment notice is sent or a foreclosure notice is sent. Um, and by the way, just so you know, identity theft programs uh, don't protect you from this, but Home Title Lock does. We have a special website, hometitlelock.com slash Sean, to verify your home's title is safely in your name. And then you can register your address for a free, no obligation, home title report for your files and that's a hundred dollar value, absolutely free. That's HomeTitleLock.com dot com slash sean. Uh, <laughs> Joyless Behar, you know, we, we had this horrible incident, and we've gone over the medical side of this. You know, it was it was just at the precise moment of of, of a heart beating and the electric uh, charge that goes with it um, resulted in what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And thank God, by the way, we're making incredible progress. He's making incredible progress in terms of his health, and I couldn't be happier about it. And I know most of you uh, apparently some seven million dollars. Did you see that, Linda? Was raised for his charity. It's incredible. It's incredible. Kindness of strangers. You know, Americans are great. They're just amazing. Seven million dollars after his cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football. It turned out this was the highest rated. It went so viral so fast and it became the highest-rated Monday Night Football game of all time. Um, And I hope when when he's off the ventilator, and I hope when he's back in in perfect health, that's our prayer, um, that he's going to wake up and see this and understand that there's a whole world out here of good people, good Americans. I know we're told off and we're horrible. We're not. uh, That really cared and and joined together to, to help him and pray for him. Um, it was pretty amazing. And anyway, so here's Joy Behar ripping heterosexual men. Could you imagine? By the way, Linda, you know, if I start talking about, well, you know how women are. I mean, if I go down that road, what's going to happen?
2: Oh, forget it. You wouldn't. First of all, you couldn't even go down the road. <laughs> the road has been completely shut down. There's a total detour and you can't tell the truth about anybody anymore. It's ridiculous. By
0: way, and did you hear uh, Velma last night? She called me honey, and I'm like, if I call you honey back, I'm dead.
2: Yeah, does uh, she know that? It's not. It's not. It's not okay anymore.
0: No, it's okay for me. I'm not upset by it. I'm not even phased by it. it. Makes me laugh. It's funny. Anyway, so Joyless is ripping heterosexual men for supporting tackle football. Listen.
2: And I, but I don't think it's going to turn people away from the sport because, I mean, I went to Notre Dame. It's like faith, family, football. It's a a big deal and it's a $105 billion industry. Yeah. Only 45% of Americans think that tackle football is appropriate. Uh, Heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, doing football. Mm -hmm. And conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying.
0: Just saying, oh, what well, we're all stupid. You know, does anybody know that life itself is full of so many dangers? Every time you get in your car, every time you step out of your house, you can even get injured in your house. I mean, the whatever is going to happen sometimes, things happen. But uh, leave this, it to this, her
2: to politicize it. I mean, yeah, it's like, I know.
0: That's, we're even going to politicize football. If you I don't mean, like, are you... By the way, these players get rich playing a game that they love, knowing the risks. They all know the risk.
2: But let's just take, let's step outside that for a minute. How many kids in at-risk communities are part of group athletics, youth athletics, and that's their only outlet where they have a positive influence, something to get them out of the neighborhood, something that gives them a sense of direction? You know, team building is so critical for these young men. And, you know,
0: now Uh, we we, and we saw something amazing happen Monday night. We saw the best of the NFL. We saw the best in humanity for that for that matter. And the whole country is is pulling for DeMar Hamlin's recovery. And and the seven million dollars is no small amount of money. And, and that's how generous we are. But we're often told we're not good people. We're really horrible people. And we all are racist and we're all sexist and we're all misogynist and homophobic and xenophobic and Islamophobic and we want dirty air and water and, and everything gets politicized. This isn't about politics. This was a terrible accident. This, anyway, uh, glad you're with us. Speaking of football and, and the mess that is Washington, D.C., uh, our good friend uh, Burgess Owens, congressman from the great state of Utah, is with us. Congressman, by the way, I think you've got more TV time the last three days than any congressman <laughs> ever because of the way you've been si- sitting. I've been watching you.
9: Oh, well, thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, these are, these are different, uh, definitely different uh, difficult times or different times to say this. Um, but I, I, I want to say as we move into this process, um, you know, one thing about our side is that we do believe in giving voice and having debates at some point we have to get this resolved but we're not the collective we're, we're not the, the group that comes in and from the very top somebody uh, puts down their fist and says this way it should be done so you're seeing what it looks like when when people have different uh, views different visions and we debate and we work things out and we compromise eventually and at, at the end of the day uh... kevin mccarthy will be our leader he's earned that right i've watched him i've worked with him for two years no one has worked as hard uh, and is as conservative as we need to have in our Caucus right now, in our conference, to move this country forward.
0: You know, Congressman, what frustrates me in all of this is there's two things that frustrate me that people don't seem to understand. One is the agenda is already all agreed to. All the investigations, and I've listed them repeatedly on this program, Kevin McCarthy is already committed to um, on the agenda aspects you know, we need people to go back and read the commitments to America because that addresses every America first, make America great again, conservative agenda item that any conservative would ever want. And lastly, you know, not, Kevin McCarthy even even went further with the motion to vacate, saying yeah. instead of five members, one member would be able to trigger the motion to vacate if, in fact, he went away from his stated promises. So that's to me an insurance policy, and and but I can't get people to even listen to it.
9: Well, the, the frustrating thing for for me to work with someone who put together the commitment to America that's made it very clear what the first things will be happening as we get in, which is to uh, defund the eighty seven thousand uh, IRS agents and many other conservative um, 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 stance. He is a staunch conservative. And to to, to, to to hear over the years how someone thinks that uh, Kevin McCarthy is a establishment person, uh, they have they have not been paying attention. And you're right. All you have to do is look at the commitment to America, which we've talked about, we've focused on. We're going across the country, uh, and and as actually you look at it, it is exactly what the America First agenda looks like. So uh, we have 100% of the leadership in our conference for Kevin. 91%. Of our body for Kevin, he's earned the right. He's proven that we can trust him. He's proven that he's conservative enough for those of us across the board, and we just need to go ahead and uh, move forward so we start uh, uh, really fighting for the things that America has, has sent us here to, to fight for.
0: You know, I I I love the fact that you're so reasonable, and and to me, this is this is not there's not even a risk really to be taken here by Republicans. I I, I think there are enough. You know, Matt, Matt Gates said, well, he'll he'll be a speaker in a straitjacket. And if that's what the Republican Party feels that they need at this particular moment in time, I think it's fine, because I don't know any Republican in the House that actually disagrees with the commitments to America. I can't find one. Um, You know, I had a a pretty fiery debate last night and I happen to like Lauren Boeber about this issue. She, she had said that President Trump needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that you don't have the votes and it's time to withdraw. And I said, if we're going to use your math, Congresswoman, then if we use your math, you only have 20 votes or 21 votes, whatever it is. I said, you should, wouldn't, wouldn't it logically mandate that you get out first? Uh, so it didn't make any sense to me. And then when I asked people what they want, you know, the bar keeps shifting and moving. McCarthy gave four concessions last night. I, I just don't know how this is going to end and and what people are actually looking for and who they really want to support.
9: Well, I'll say this is a, is a very telling um, interviews you gave last night. Uh, I think at the end of the day. Uh, you have, uh, President Trump, you have Vice President Pence, you have, uh, uh Jim Jordan, you have, uh, I mean, Jim Banks. Across the board, 100% of the leadership here in this conference is saying that Kevin McCarthy has earned their trust. I understand, that's a, that's a powerful statement. When 91% of the conference says that Kevin McCarthy has earned their trust, then why don't we just trust the conference to move forward? Because at some point, that's what it comes down to. We have to, to go, I mean, and I understand what a team process is about uh, is all about. I played with the team for the first time my entire career with the Super Bowl Raiders. And I realized the one thing that got us forward is we did not care about self. We did not care about we got credit. We care about winning. Got on the team, and everybody gave everything they could to win the game and to win each one until you got Super Bowl uh, championship. That's what it comes, it's going to come down to in this conference is everybody has to, to recognize a American people waiting for a win right now. We got our first win, by the way, uh, to, 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 to find a close things out last night. It felt great. And now we have to do that for the American people to realize that we're there fighting for them, turning around this crazy cultural Marxism that's been going on way too long and, and realizing that we understand their, their pain, the misery, and we're there to, to fight for them and get their freedom and, and opportunities back in, in place.
0: All right, quick break. We'll come back and more with Burgess Owens on the other side. <laughs> All right, we continue. Utah Congressman Burgess Owens is with us, also former football star in his own right. You know, occasionally on this program, I've, I've supported people and then come to regret it. Ben Sass would be one example. Um, my support of you early on, I'll never regret it. You've done a phenomenal job. Uh, let me ask you, going back to your football days and what we saw with Damar Hamlin on Monday night. And I don't know if you know this, but, $7 million in donations have been given to his charity since Monday. Um, and apparently he's making good progress physically, and we're all hoping and praying for a full recovery. What did you think about what you
9: saw? Sean, with So Many Night is America. Notice how people, the empathy came out, the, 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 the prayers came out. This is the best of America, and, and we sometimes see that during some of our toughest times. So I want people to remember How that moment when everything stopped and everything started focusing on that young man, and and many of us who have never really known him or heard about him, but that he represented the rest of our country, someone who found himself a position, who needed help, and we were there with our hearts and our prayers for him. That is the American way, and I want everybody to remember that as the leftists try to tell us something totally different. We are not what they portray us, and we're going to make sure we understand that as, as this conference as this uh, Republican Party takes over, we're going to get people back to remembering and understanding what America stands for and educating our kids to be proud of who we are.
0: You've been doing a phenomenal job. I can't uh, thank you enough for being with us and being on the program and so glad that you're doing so well in Washington and playing a very pivotal role. Uh, Congressman Burgess Owens, Utah. Thank you, sir.
9: Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having everybody. All the best.
0: 941 Sean. If you want to be a part of the program, all right. Let's get to our phones. Uh, Albert is in New Orleans. Albert, hi. How are you? Glad you called.
5: Hey Sean, regarding McCarthy, uh, if he were to do a public press conference and address the nation and tell everybody what he stands for and that he's going to allow a vote, say for term limits and balance budget and eight standalone bills, do you think that would be enough to sway some support for him?
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm going to be very blunt with you. Maybe I'll bring it up on tonight's show and I'll just put it on the screen and you can read it. But the commitments to America laid out his agenda. And on the issue of the power of subpoena, you know, he's already signed off on every investigation that has been long needed. And that includes the weaponization of the FBI and uh, potential of political politicizing at the fbi and the weaponization of the doj that includes the origins of covid that includes dr fauci that includes an investigation into the biden family syndicate uh and joe's lying about hunter's business dealings and and how much money joe might have benefited from all that um so i i think he's laid it out pretty clear um i'll go over it again i mean i don't mind i don't mind refreshing people's memories but that's what the whole campaign was about
5: but, Sean, not you saying it. I mean, him personally addressing the public and saying it, the words coming from his mouth, I think that would best serve him, in my opinion. Yeah. He he said it many times during
0: the campaign. He said it on this show. He said it on TV uh, with us. I, maybe it's worth revisiting. Uh, you may very well be right. I'm not against it at all. Um, you know, something to certainly ponder. Uh, the, the audience he's got to address is the, you know, the, the, people that voted in these Republicans. That's the
5: audience, right? And if he addresses them and they hear it from his mouth, they may persuade the people, up, you know, stopping his, uh, nomination. That's just an opinion. I, I think if I were advising him, I would take the offensive and address the public directly. Uh, I, I actually, I
0: don't think your idea is a bad idea at all. I think to remind people and refresh people's memories on that. I don't think that's a bad idea. I'll, I'll, right. I'll invite him on the program uh, and see if he wants to do it. I would imagine he's pretty busy right now, but uh, uh, if he has time, I think that's a good idea. I do.
5: Because we're, we're hearing too much secondhand information, what's happening, what's going to happen. And if he addresses it personally and says it, I, I think that would go a long way.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, great call. We really appreciate you being with us, Albert. Albert in New Orleans, A-plus uh, as a caller.